Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where for today's issue and shear, we're going to discuss Shabbos and why a goy is forbidden from observing Shabbos, from keeping Shabbos. It's a statement in the Gemara in Sanhedrin and Chesim and Beis, where Reish Lakish says as follows, Oved kochavim sheshavas chayev misa. We'll translate Ovei Kochavim loosely as a Goy, even though it more literally has the connotations of an idolater. But an Ovei Kochavim, a Goy who is Shavas, he seizes from work, he observes Shabbos, Chayev Misa, he is Chayev to be killed, or he's, he, he deser- he's deserving of death. Shneh Ma'ar, as it says in the Pasuk and Parshish, Noach v'yom v'layla lo yishbosu, that the day and night, should not seize. He should not observe Shabbos. Now, the original connotation of that pasuk was in reference to the timings, the hours of the day, and the weather patterns, all which were interrupted during the Mabal. So after the Mabal, Hashem said that these things will no longer cease. But this is being darshaned here as a reference to an iser for a guy to keep Shabbos. And the Gemara there discusses um, various um, other aspects connected to this idea. Now it happens to be a goy not keeping Shabbos is not one of the Shabbat Mitzvah Noach. And so a lot of the um, Achronim try to understand, uh, maybe in the Rishonim as well, they try to understand how this works in with the Shabbat Mitzvah Noach. And it, and it a, a very simple answer to that is that it's um, not necessarily part of the Shabbat Mitzvah Noach, but you know, there, could be, there could be things that technically they're obligated in even though there are seven broader categories that they're that they are obligated in like it's it, like it's not one of those questions that won't help you sleep at night but one of the questions that really should bother us is why in fact is this something that a guy cannot do what does it mean that he can't do it so the the rishonim talk about that whether it means that that a guy has to make sure he doesn't go through a Shabbos without doing malacha. So he has to make sure that he does malacha. Right? Like, let's say a guy wants to just make his own Sabbath, um, and you know, but he, but he doesn't observe he doesn't observe his Sabbath the way we observe our Shabbos. So, technically speaking, it would be really hard if you look at the Rishonim what it takes for a guy to actually be chayav misa for keeping Shabbos. It's really hard to do that. You know, unless a guy is super committed to the Lamites Malachos and does everything perfectly, um, you know, and he does it shame and like the, the Rishon talk about it, um, Rashi says that he has to do it. Sorry, it's uh, the Rambam. The Rambam says that a, the guy has to do it l'shem does. He has to do it for religious reasons. And of course, he has to do it in the way, you know, where it's, um, it's an adherence to our rules of Shabbos, which many Jews don't even do properly, um, unfortunately, just because well, we're not educated enough and you have to be very careful and you have to constantly learn Hilchah Shabbos. But my point is that technically speaking, or I should say, not technically speaking, but practically speaking, it's very hard for a guy to actually become Chayv Misa um, on, you know, for, for, for keeping Shabbos. And the Farshim also talk about it doesn't have to be Saturday, it happens to be. They can try to keep their own Shabbos on a different day. But as long as they do it, you know, in all the right ways, they could theoretically be Chayav Misa. Um, but of course, it's not something that, um, that, that, that is so likely. And another thing that the Rambam mentions right over there is that it's not even that Bezdin's going to kill this guy. He's, uh, it's, this is a Misa Bidei Shemayim. So we will warn them 
to not do it, and we might um, we might even give some kind of malchus to a guy if, if if everything worked out that we had the right kind of court where we can do everything the way the Torah would want us to. So, so then we would uh, we would uh, try to stop a guy from keeping Shabbos, but. Um, we would not actually kill him for it. So that's not something that he can be tried. Maybe this is another way that's not like the Sheva Mitzvah Bnei Noach, which a person could be tried for, um, according to Halacha. But anyway, we have this principle that a guy is not allowed to keep Shabbos. Now, the question is why that should be true. And, and we're going we're gonna to talk about some of the different answers, but like, I want this question to bother you a little bit because if we are thinking practically about the relevance of Shabbos, to a guy, well, certainly a guy can appreciate the rest that comes with Shabbos, right? And um, you know the concept of seizing from work. Why do we do it? And when, so we we say this in Kiddush because on the six days Hashem was creating, He worked, He was producing, and on the seventh day Hashem stopped. Is that concept not relevant to all? of the entire universe to all of mankind. So why should a guy not think about Shabbos and realize that Hashem was the creator of the world in six days and then on the seventh day he rested? Why is that not something that's relevant to all of humankind alike? And yet we see that um, a guy is apparently excluded from Shabbos. Now I'll just mention, since this week's parsha, at the moment of this recording, is parsha Yisro, which contains Zachar Siyama Shabbos Lekadsho, which is obviously one of the um, it's uh, the it's one of the Asaras Dibros. It's number four in the Asaras Dibros, and the Kliyakar points out that one of the big differences that you see, or all of the there are many differences between the first Asaras Dibros that are recorded in Yisro and the later ones that are recorded in Parshas Vaschanan, and the Kliyakar just points out that the first set can be read as somehow being relevant to really all of mankind, even the B'nai Noach, and they were geared to be principles that can be accepted by everyone. But then, at a certain point, there was this, there was this closure where, it, it, where it's only for the B'nai Yisrael. By, by the time we get to Vashanon, the doors are sort of closed. You have to look at that Kleoker to see exactly what he means. But what's the point? The point is that Shabbos is certainly thematically relevant to everyone, so why should it be only kept by Jews? Why is it something that's only binding on Jews? Not only only binding on Jews, but it's, again, it's, uh, uh, non-Jews are forbidden to keep Shabbos um, the way we do, even on a different day. So what, 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 where does that stem from? Now, this might actually be an answer to another Gemara, a Gemara that we find in Shabbos on Daf Yod, I believe it's Yerim Abbas, but the Gemara has a famous Gemara which describes Hashem's communication with Moshe Rabbeinu about how special Shabbos was. Amar Le Kadosh Baruch Hu Moshe, Matana Tova Yeshli Beves Genozai. I have a, I have a good gift, a good present in my in my storehouse. Shabbos Shemo. And its name is Shabbos. And then he tells him to go and give, go, give it to the Bnei Israel. And so the question is, why exactly is Shabbos considered a Matana Tova? What's so special about Shabbos beyond any other mitzvah? Right? And this actually is um, related to 
what we say every single Shabbos in our in our Shabbos Shachers Shmon Esrei. So just to get a little bit of a flavor from our Baltzvila workshop, which we also have on the podcast. So you have Yismach Moshe b'Matanas Chalko, Yevenem on Karasalo. Right. So Moshe rejoiced in the gift of his portion that he was called a, an Eved Nemon, a trusted servant, a faithful servant. Khalil Tafaris, right? Khalil Tafaris, a crown of splendor on his head you placed. And we reference um, the Luchos being handed to him, which is part of Kabbalah Satora, again, connection to Parsha Yisro. And then it finishes off. And on the Luchos was inscribed the halacha of Shmiras Shabbos, that you have to keep Shabbos. It sounds like this paragraph is more, is not so much talking about Shabbos, it's talking about the gift of Moshe Rabbeinu receiving the Torah, which Chazal tell us happened on Shabbos. But anyway, but the, like it segues into, oh, by the way, Shabbos is mentioned on the Luchos. Now the question is, 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 is Shabbos mentioned just tangentially? Or is there something very specific about the gift of not just the Torah, but the gift of Shabbos that's connected there? Right? It sounds like we wouldn't just be mentioning, oh, by the way, Moshe and Luchos and Torah. If you know, the, the point is that we wanted to get to the point of Shabbos. Why are we talking about any of this now? But this seems to invoke that Gemara of the Matana Tova uh, that, that Hashem gave to Moshe to give to the Bnei Yisrael. And the question is, what makes this a special present? We can talk about a lot of beautiful things that come with Shabbos, but there are a lot of beautiful things that Hashem gave us in the Torah. So why is Shabbos different? And a lot of the Mepharshim, um, you know, discuss this Gemara and what, what's, so, what's so special about it. But some say, like we're asking in HaChinami, the idea that Shabbos really should be relevant to all of mankind. There's a reason why Shabbos has relevance to all of the of the of the universe, and yet. Hashem gave it only to the Bnei Yisrael. Apparently, this is a reflection of a matana. It's a reflection of, 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 a, of a gift, some special relationship that we have with Hashem, which will sort of now allude to you know, all the other things that we're about to talk about, about why the guy does not have Shabbos, why the Jew does. But this, this, this is the first step. Apparently, this is a, this is a reality. There's a matana tova called Shabbos, it go, and, and it is a matana that really maybe everyone should have been entitled to, and just the very fact that it's been given to the Bnei Yisrael, not to anyone else, that uh, that, that, that is um, a special gift that Hashem has given us. So, now, the question once again is, is why? And this also sparks another question that uh, bothers many of the, uh, the Acharonim. And it's the question of, we know the famous Maimar Chazal, which we've spoken about in the podcast in the past, um, and uh, we, we did this in Parsha panel with my brothers, Rav Daniel and Rav Mendi, we spoke about the, uh, the question of how the Avos were able to keep the entire Torah, the Gemara, in Yoma, on Daf Chofches, the Gemara, famous Gemara, has one of the famous opinions that's quoted in Rashi that the Elvis kept the entire Torah Kodem Shedidna before it was even given. Now, if that's true, the question is, what was their status? If they were really Bnei Noah who were keeping the entire Torah, how, how were they possibly able to keep Shabbos? Right. So how how like that you know because a at least So how can that even work out? And the Gemara says that Avram kept air of Tafshilin, so. That's that you know that that makes things pretty complicated. So many of the Achronim try to you know jump in to explain 
how it's possible that the Avos kept the Shabbos. And the Mishnah Melech in his Parshas Rach, I'm quoting from my Rebbe of Yonason Sachs in his master work on Parsha, Yom Mikadem, encyclopedic works. Encyclopedic because there are several volumes, but also because of the nature of the Shiurim that, that are recorded there. So he quotes the Mishnah Melech in his Sefer, Parshas Durachim, who explains that you're right, Avraham didn't keep Shabbos until after he got Brismila. Once he got Brismila, so he... Um, his chalos, his status changed from being a Ben Noach to being Bichlal Yisrael. And um, this is where it comes from that Avram is, a, is the first Jew. And the idea being that Avram was able to keep the Torah, uh, to keep the, not, just the, not just the Torah, but he's able to keep Shabbos now because he was able to be a, a Jew. So that's what the Mishnah Melech explains, the Panam Yafos. Um, explains that based on the Pasuk um, um, he gives a, a technical answer that explains that um, uh, again another really weird uh, configuration of how a guy can possibly be chayv mis on Shabbos it only counts if he keeps Shabbos yom and Laila meaning the entire um, day going meaning um, so the entire Saturday and then the entire Saturday night um, that's how they darshan that um that, 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 like, that's the technicality of how a guy can be Chayv Misa. You have to, um, you know, I'm not going to give you the entire arichus of what my Rebbe writes and what my Rebbe quotes. I'm going to give you a few more of the other Mepharshim that he quotes. But each one seems to be some kind of an okimta, some kind of circumstantial reason why the Abbas would not have been Chayv Misa, how they technically could have observed Shabbos without being Chayv Misa for being Goyim. Meaning, if you don't like what the Mishnah Melech is saying, that, um, that, that Avraham had the status of Israel. if you want to assume that Avraham still the status of a, ben, of a Ben Noach, so they have other possibilities of how this can be. There's another Sefer, Meloha Roam. Also, his Sefer is called Parshas Derachim. And he explains that the Avos would... They would perform malacha she'en sricha lagufa. It's a principle in Shabbos. If you have a malacha that's being done, but it's not, um, it's not being done for the original purpose of that malacha, it's being done for a different purpose, it's considered a more indirect form. And even though um, B'nai Israel are not allowed to do that, but for Ben Noach to be considered a malacha, that would work. So he kind of gets the best of both worlds. He's observing Shabbos um, um, almost like a Jew, and he's, and he's violating it enough to be considered a Nachayv Misa for being a guy who's doing it. So that was the Parshat Rachim. And there are other several answers that are similar to that one. The Pardes Yosef quotes um, a Sefer, the, the way my Rebbe writes it, it's the Hassan Sofer, not the Hassam Sofer. I don't know if that's a typo. I've never heard of the Hassan Sofer um, um, or the Hassan Sofer. But he explains, um, if it's not a typo, he explains that a Ben Noach did, um, so um, as a Ben Noach is able so a, a Ben Noach who does malacha with another person, so normally um, you know, there's a whole set of halachos, but what happens when two people do a malacha together? So he explains that Avraham did malacha with another person, which for a guy that would be enough to be a considered a violation of Shabbos, even though for B'nai Yisrael that wouldn't be. Again, best of both worlds. Similarly, the Binyan Sion says that, that um, Avraham and the rest of the Abbas, they would do malacha b'chatzi shir, they would do half of the, you know, they would, they would do malachas in half shiurim, which although those are generally uh, forbidden to B'nai Yisrael, but for a guy there's no such concept. And uh, finally, among these um, these um, thought-provoking technical answers, the Maharam Shik quotes the Hassam Sofer this time, the Hassam Sofer. He explains that because the Avos were wearing tzitzis, 
So apparently for them, the tzitzis were considered a masoi, and that was a, and, and that enabled them to to violate technically, but while keeping everything else. So and Rav Yosef Engel, uh, sorry, um, Rav Asher Weiss raises issues with this, but th- th- those are among some of the different um, interesting answers that are brought down. But let's well, let's let's bring it back to uh, back out of the technical and more into the hashkafa of of the matter. Why is it that goyim, um, you know, that, that they can't keep Shabbos. Where does it come from? So another one of the more famous answers um, comes from the Maharsha. And Rav Yosef Engel brings this down. The Maharsha talks about the two um, mitzvos that a guy is not allowed to do. Right? We, don't, we don't consider this um, you know, among the Sheva mitzvos, or we're going to see how it might be connected to the Sheva mitzvos, at least Alpi Hashkafa. But the Maharsha explains the two mitzvos are Talmud Torah, and Shabbos. Right, what's the connection between um, Talmud Torah and Shabbos specifically? So when it comes down to it, Talmud Torah and Shabbos, those are both in the, they both have the Hashkafic identity as a wife to the Bnei Israel, a partner to the Bnei Israel. There's a famous Gemara where it says, Moshe Morasha Yaakov, Morasha. Don't read it as Morasha, Orasa. It's betrothed to us. We are we are betrothed to the Torah. The Torah is something that we are married to. The Torah represents our our relationship with Hashem. And then we sat, we find a similar thing by Shabbos. Several places we call Shabbos a kala. Bowi kala, Shabbos is uh, the, um, referred to as a kala. It's referred to as an ishos. If you look in the writings of, of, of Shimshon Pincus and Nefesh Shimshon on Shabbos, not his more complicated work, Shabbos Malkasa. Um, but he, uh, in, in his Sefer, uh, in just Nefesh Shemshon, where he talks about Shabbos, he, he describes the unique aspect of Shabbos, that it's like an Ishas. It's not just a mitzvah. It's not just something that, it's not like, not like tefillin. But we greet Shabbos. We escort Shabbos, right? Kabbalah Shabbos, Malava Malka. All the different aspects of Shabbos speak to the fact that Shabbos is not just a mitzvah. It's not just a ceremony. It's not just a ritual. It's not just a holiday. Um, but it, but it is apparently a, it's a, it's, a, it's a way of life. It's a marriage. It's a, it's a it's a it's a relationship. That's what, Shabbos is apparently a relationship, and for a guy to infringe on that, apparently, well, that's in, in fact what it is. It's an infringement. It's not to say that Shabbos is not relevant to non-Jews. It absolutely is relevant thematically, but. You know, it's it's relevant to Goyim in the same way that any woman walking down the street is relevant to any man who's theoretically able to marry her. And once she's married, she's off limits. And a Goyim is you know, obligated in that kind of a boundary, right? Um, not, not to you know, not to commit adultery, not to infringe. Now, this would speak to a larger question that's asked with relation to. The Aser Sedibros, right? The on um, the pasuk says, "Anochi Hashem Akach Asher Tzitzchami Eretz Yisrael." I am Hashem your God who took you out of Mitzrayim. And the Raman, I believe, asks the question: Why does Hashem say, "I am Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim"? Just say, "I am Hashem." O say Shemayim Ba'aretz. I am the one who created the heaven and earth. Right, and that's something that is perhaps the, the greatest miracle of all time is creation. Yitzias Mitzrayim. It was definitely great stuff that happened, but. 
really like a creation. He created the universe. That, that's, that, I would say, is God's claim to fame when we try to define what God is. So one of the things we say is creator. And we don't say, um, the first thing we think of is not savior. The first thing we think of is not, um, you, know, uh, you know, the um, rights of freedom or anti-slavery or whatever you want, you know, whatever nickname you want to put on it. You know, um, activist and, and facilitator of liberty for the B'nai Israel. All right, like that's not what we think of, and the Ramban says, "Yes, yeah, so what does that show? What, what does what does this Anochi uh, show? It shows against the philosophy of many goyim, and unfortunately, many Jews. And that philosophy is that yeah, maybe Hashem created the world, but then he went to sleep, and you know, he hit the snooze button, and he just stopped watching over the world. And the, um, and the Rambam talks about this kind of philosophy, and that's not something we believe in." The fact that Hashem created the world, but then continued to be involved, and He took us out of Mitzrayim, Hashem, with the Asar Sedibros, is already telling us, even if you want to say that the Asar Sedibros, like the Kliyakar, is somehow broad enough to be applicable theoretically to the non-Jews, and yes, Hashkacha can be applied to the non-Jews, Hashem still you know, is involved in the world, but there's a special appreciation of that, which is only appreciated by the Bnei Israel, that Hashem is relevant in our lives. The Hashem is involved, he intervenes to take us out of Mitzrayim. The fact that, not that just Hashem created the world and therefore. Because you might say, okay, well, maybe I didn't want Hashem to create me. But what we are saying is that Hashem, since he created us and didn't, st- and he didn't leave us alone, he, want, he still wants us to accomplish things. He still wants us to do, and therefore he still fends for us. And this is why, by the way, the Ramban later in the Torah, in Devarim, Hey Tesvav, which my Rebbe quotes this a lot, is that we see when we make Kiddush on Shabbos, we make reference to two things. Two things, one which is really relevant to the entire universe. And what is that? Zecher Lamase Bereshis. But we also say Zecher Litzias Mitzrayim. And the, um, the way my Rebbe, Rebbe and Sachs, explains, as we've said this in the podcast in the past as well, is the idea that um, Hashem created the world. That's Hu Borei. But we know in the, in the first of the Animamans, it's Hu Borei Umanhig. So the fact that Hashem created the world, that's He's the Borei. The fact that He did the Yetzirah Mitzrayim, the fact that He continues to intervene, that shows that He's the Manhig. He's still involved in the world. You have Emuna in the Borei, and you have Bitachon in the Manhig, that He's still running the show. And that Hashkacha um, is, is, is what demonstrates... Uh, uh, that Hashkacha that we focus on, that demonstrates that we don't just relate to Hashem as a creator, but we, re- we relate to Hashem as someone who's involved. And that, 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 that intimate involvement that Hashem has is something that speaks to us more than it speaks to the nations of the world. This is not just true um, in a, you know, an Ashkafic sense, but apparently in a, in a very literal sense, as the Ramchal explains in Derech Hashem, he talks about um, in depth the difference between the Hashkach Hashem when it comes to the Bnei Israel and the Gayim, that, um, that there is Hashkach Pratis for Gayim, but apparently Hashem hands that over to a malach. There's a, there's a malach that governs. And there's hashkacha pratis from the malach. But apparently for the Bnei Israel, Hashem did not designate a malach. So the hashkacha pratis for the Bnei Israel is even more precise. It's even, it's even more pristine. It's coming right from the source. And this, this, this explains also, the, again, more of the unique relationship between us and Hashem and us and Shabbos in terms of what Shabbos is 
again, not just a, a commemoration of creation, but a commemoration of what Hashem had actually done for us. It could be originally, Shabbos was something that would have been relevant to everyone else. And when Hashem, uh, when Hashem offered the Torah to everyone else um, at the time, and, uh, and, Ch- and Chazal say at the time of Kabbalah's Torah, Hashem, in fact, offered it to everyone else. And even Shabbos would have gone to the nations of the world at that time if they accepted the Torah. But they didn't. And when they didn't, what they were basically saying is, we might admit that you're the creator, but we're not necessarily willing to admit or to accept your Hashem over the entire world, to sit back on Shabbos and say, Hashem, you're still running the show. That is a Jewish concept, apparently. And this is why when we accepted Shabbos, we know that Hashem actually offered Shabbos to us a little bit early. He offered us Shabbos, Chazal tell us, at Marah. And that's why in our davening, we find, for example, whenever it's Shabbos and Yom Tov together, we have all these little insertions, right, in the little gray box or in the brackets. We throw in the words biahava, uveratzon. What's the what's ahava and ratzon? What is love and and uh, and favor? And so the, uh, the Mefarshim explained, it's because um, Shabbos was offered to us and we accepted it before Hashem lifted the Har Sinai over us, Har Kigigis, before he, uh, we were, quote-unquote, um, coerced to, commit, to, to keep the Torah after we had committed ourselves with the word Na'asa. And because we accepted it with love and with favor. So Shabbos apparently is beyond the rest of the mitzvahs of the Torah. But again, that, that also continues to to drive home this idea that Shabbos has a special place in our hearts, quite literally. Um, and maybe not quite literally, but, but in terms of what, what the concept of, of what, it, what Shabbos means to us, um, I guess the literal of the figurative, if you know what I mean. And if you don't, then you can just uh, forget about that for now. But Shabbos um, has a very special place with the B'nai Yisrael, more so than with the Goyim, which and there's apparently there's a boundary, there's a boundary line that's in, that that is crossed when a guy sort of steals Shabbos and makes Shabbos his own because it's not his own. That's something that speaks to the relationship between us and Hashem. And a guy who wants to join, obviously, you know, we're we're not that exclusive. A guy can convert and join, but he has to be able and willing to accept the kedusha as Yisrael that comes with all the hashkafos of what it means to be a Ben Yisrael, something which we would say that the Avos had. Uh, going back to that question of whether or not the Avos um, sh- um, should have kept Shabbos. But anyway, these are just some hashkafic points on the idea, some points that we could think of when, when we consider our davening, when we say that Shabbos is a special bris, it's a covenant between Hashem and the B'nai Yisrael alone. When we say Ahava and Ratzon, when we say Yismach Moshev Matnas Choko, this could have easily have been a Baal workshop as well, just to understand the significance of those words. But uh, now we um, can appreciate the true Matana Tova that Hashem has given us, the Matana of Shabbos. If you enjoyed this year, you can reach out to me at the database at gmail.com if you want to partner up with us to contribute to our cause. That's the database at gmail.com, the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com to make a sponsorship. Any um, you, we can communicate and discuss how much you think is good for you. But that takes us through this um, Real Talk Torah, a little bit about Shabbos, a little bit about the Torah and our relationship with it. In the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah and keep Shabbos if you're Jewish. Thank you for joining us here at the Database.